foot enthusiasts, minimal footwear lovers, or anyone trying to fix your own feet, I'm heading to North Carolina this May to lead a live, in-person, three-day retreat all about feet. I'm going to be at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which is up in the mountains of North Carolina. It's so beautiful there. And are you ready to hear what I'm calling it? The retreat is called Healing Your Soul, a stepwise approach to building forever functional feet. That's so good, right? If you want to learn all about how to take care of the muscles, bones, joints, fascia, and nerves of the feet, and learn how strong feet and ankles relate to sustainable hips and knees, this event is for you. In addition to the classroom and movement time with me, you're on retreat. So there's delicious meals, a nature-rich campus that you can explore on foot, and plenty of time for rest and relaxation, all included. A retreat is a perfect way to care for yourself in the moment, but also in the future. You are coming to learn a massive toolkit of information. So whether you're a competitive runner, a dynamic ager, or a healthcare practitioner, this is a weekend full of movement for you and your feet. And like I said, you're gonna leave with a toolkit and a big swag bag that you can use to train your feet for life. For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. Should I be doing that? I'm not doing that. Why is she so much better than me? Why is she so, you know, like there's all this internal dialogue. So is she going to poop? <laughs> Welcome to the Katie Says Podcast, where Danny Hammett and Katie Bowman talk about movement, the tiny details, the larger issues, and why movement matters. I'm Katie Bowman, biomechanist and author of Move Your DNA. Yay! And I'm Danny Hammett, <laughs> a chronically curious movement teacher. And lady, I got one thing to say to you. You want to get down? Tell me. Get down on it. Bam, bam. Get down. You know that song. Well, did that just cost me a hundred dollars? A thousand dollars? It was worth it. Okay, so today it's like you can't even help yourself. You got puns, you've got music samples. It's it's why it, I get up in the morning. Exactly. Or off get down. the floor. <laughs> get down. Today we're talking about floor sitting. We get a lot of questions on that. Or more importantly, transitioning to floor sitting to being someone who is a floor sitter comfortably. I'm excited about this. Yes, we do get a lot of questions about this. And I think, and and you probably get a lot of questions personally, like when you run into people or talk to people, or do you? When they trip over me when I'm sitting <laughs> in the floor. What's this on the floor? <laughs> They're like, no. what is she doing down there? <laughs> well, I know that like when a lot of people hear floor sitting, that one single image that's kind of conjured in their mind is sitting cross-legged on a hard floor while your legs slowly fall asleep as you wait for some kind stranger to walk by and help pull you off the floor. A lot of people that are in the adult category don't really sit on the floor. No, anymore. it's kind of gone out of fashion, gone out of yeah. culture, certainly. Yeah, but there is, there's more than one way to sit on the floor, right? 
more than one way to tackle this. It's not just that image that we kind of conjure up. Well, I think floor sitting, you know, could be replaced by how you would have to rest your body if you didn't have furniture. It's it's mm. simply that. It's just a big giant word, floor sitting, to mean what are all the different ways you can rest parts of your body while still doing the necessary work to hold you up. So that's what we're talking about today. Okay. Well, why do you think so many people dislike it? I mean, that's kind of a big question, I guess, because we got a culture to deal with, but... Yeah. Well, it's uncomfortable. I mean, it's it's simply... It's odd. I mean, I've spent a lot of years educating people on this minimal footwear thing. And so if you listening are pretty educated on like, why do people make fun of Vibrams? Why do people make like, why do we want, why do we want our shoes to look a certain way? I mean, on one level, it is totally cultural. It's just, it's what's normal to you. There's, Mm -hmm. there's that discomfort, the cultural discomfort but then there's actually the the physical discomfort. When you transition to minimal shoes, you do not have the mobility and the ranges of motions and the parts, the strengths to get you down and get you back up and let you be comfortable in between. So it's physically challenging. And that's probably why people haven't, I mean, we all don't do it because it's our cultural habit to sit, but it's physically and mentally uncomfortable and until you get the parts, just like shoes, and, until you get yeah. the parts. Well, it's kind of funny. Like, I, I thought of you this weekend because I took an all-day outdoor foraging class, and it was awesome. It was, like, from 8 to 4, you know, outside foraging. But they started in a circle. They're like, let's get in our circle and talk about our experience. And then they got a bunch of folding chairs and pulled them out into a circle. <laughs> well, and, and so, of course, I, like like everybody else, I kind of perched on the edge of my chair and I was trying to be as comfortable. And after about five minutes, I thought, oh, this is stupid. We're like under this huge cottonwood tree and it's, you know, it's warm out and everything. And so I just kind of, you know, slowly slid like I oozed down to the ground to be as, as unobtrusive and and not, you know, be noticed. And, you know, you could just see everybody just kind of glance over like, huh, how about that? But <laughs> it seemed, to me, her? it seemed absurd to be in that setting, you know, and, and like bring those chairs in. But they had to because sure. people wouldn't be comfortable sitting on or even on little stumps would be hard for some people. Yeah. For some people, the foraging class is the portal into natural movement. And for other people, natural movement is the portal into foraging, right? Everyone just coming at it based on their own insights and inspiration. So you came to foraging by way of, you know, a decade of mobilization. So it was natural mm-hmm. for you for those people. It might have been d- different, you know. Right. So it's uh, that's a good so way yeah. To look so at chairs, it. yeah. So chairs are totally they're like you know they're orthotics mm-hmm. for the entire body. <laughs> it's just they're there to support you when the muscles in your body don't support themselves. Also, though, like orthotics, if you introduce the orthotic before the need, like we do culturally, then you just get a body that depends on the support device, right? Well, and in like kindergarten and traditional school, you sit on the floor and then you're so excited when you move to first grade because you get the desk. That's big kid stuff. And that's big right kid there. stuff. Like it doesn't even occur, you know, to you no. because you want that big kid desk. But well, it's it, not it even takes kids. away that opportunity of of that sitting on the rug every day. It's also like, you know, Working Girl, one of the classic films of our time, you know, to get that corner office in Manhattan. That's like way better than the inside cubicle, right? So 
desks well, the, and you of get all Harrison types. Ford too. So you get the right. desk and you get Harrison right. Ford. What else do you need? Exactly. I like to think that I have my own personal Ford at home. You you do. I kind of do. I have a young personal. I have a young Harrison Ford, like a 27-year-old Harrison Ford at home. So, But no desk. See, you can't win them all. (laughs) So anyway, what what was your next question? Well, my next question is, why do I even want to sit on the floor if I'm not a floor sitter? What are some... I guess what would be some of the motivation or benefits because everybody wants exactly. everybody wants benefits, right? Sure, I mean, of sure. course you do. Well, and then we can talk I, about how to get down there. I recommend floor sitting when people will ask, "How do I get more movement in my life?" You know, so this is non-exercise movement, but how can I be using my body more throughout the day? Is to oh, hello, thanks for texting me. Is to how do you get ri- can you get rid of some of the items that are preventing you from moving? So getting down and up from the floor. Did you get my text telling you not to talk so much? She's like, <laughs> she's like, could, I, could you get a little closer to the camera? Yeah, I don't know who this is, but I better. Sorry, get up and down the floor. Sorry. Get down on it. <laughs> get down on it. I'm having a hard time staying focused on this. Sorry. That's probably my fault. Out. I'm trying Okay, so let's talk. So benefits, of course, everyone wants benefits. I suggest floor sitting, not as a way to be weirdo 101. It is to get more movement, right? People ask, how do I get more movement? Non-exercise, physical movement within the context of my life. Start using your legs all of the way that they can be used, right? So like when you sit down on a chair, what you've done is not used the muscles and your joints in their in the in the full range of motion it would have taken to get down to the floor. So mm. you get stronger over a narrow range of motion, right? Getting to the chair and getting back up again, that's one range of motion, not stopping at the chair level and continuing all the way to the floor just increases the range over which you are using your body. So It's not only move more, it's move more of you. So you're using different body parts, using your same parts, but to a different extent when you travel that full range. So chairs, like these things don't necessarily occur at this frequency in nature. There's things that we've built and and purchased and put in our homes because it's the social norm to do so. And therefore we've stopped this mobility. So, I mean, what are the benefits? More physical use, greater ranges of motion, minimalism, right? You need less, you need to purchase less things. Mm-hmm. Um, you introduce, a, a lot of furniture is treated with, you know, various flame retardants. So you're introducing fewer chemicals into your home that don't necessarily need to be there. So it's it's just that. I mean, pick a benefit that interests you. Yeah, I suppose. There's a whole and lot then, to it. Yeah, so that's just getting down and up. And then once you're down there, you have a plethora of ways that you can't take rest on the floor. It's not all crisscross applesauce or sitting on folded legs. I mean, there's a wide variety. And I kind of say this as a joke, but I'm also super serious. You know, when you floor sit, those floor sitting positions often have a name in an exercise class that you might have to go take yeah. at a different time, right? So, right. so it's just this like we have we don't see the value of sitting on the floor. We see the value of kind of stepping outside of our other necessary tasks and driving to a place, you know, to do the thing that you could be doing 
all day long at home without stepping out of your life while accomplishing something more than just the load to the hips or the knees that you're taking exercise for. All of that just fits yes. into your life regularly. That's where that's where it came from initially, right? So right. it's just that. That's what floor that's what floor sitting can afford you. Okay. I want to get down on the floor and I I get my butt down there somehow. And however, it, however, however, <laughs> however I got down there, I got down which is actually scary for a lot of people. Like some people, sure. they, it's very frightening because it hurts to get down. It hurts to get up and you don't know that you can get back up. But just say I, I take the leap and I get down there and it well, hurts. Let's stop. Let's stop for a second. So if okay. that's you, if you're like, wow, I, I can't even get to the floor, get back up because of the fear that I have for it. Then before you get down on the floor, you want to practice using some of those parts, but in a bolstered way. So start by going to your bed and climbing in into your bed and all fours and climbing back out again, right? Do that 10 to 20 times. Climb in on your hands and knees and then get back up. So, so maybe that's the extent of where you can begin, right? Maybe it's just, you know... Getting down sometimes requires that you use your arms to kind of control the weight of your body. There mm-hmm. are many, 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 many people who have who don't do that on a regular basis. So that's a perfectly great place to start. You can then also, if that seems too easy, because what that what that removes is your need to actually get down. You can practice the support without needing to lower your center of mass closer to the ground. You don't have to deal with the work of going up and down. Then the next thing is. Well, maybe you could get down if it wasn't all, if the floor was half as far away from your hips, you know, like if it wasn't all the way down to your feet, but was more at your knees, that would be more feasible. So then you can build something. I used to have, well, when I, when I used to do a lot more uh, one-on-one with people, I mean, I had people who are coming who are in their late nineties and I had a massage table and massage tables are adjustable. So instead of putting it at your typical massage height, which is more like hip height, maybe my hip mm-hmm. height, I would adjust it to knee height. And so she could, I'm thinking of one person specifically because it was such a fun session. She could get down on her hands and knees to something that was only knee height. And that was a good place to work. Like they're they're adjustable in height, usually in an inch or two inch increments. So that's another way, like if you already have that prop, you could put it to use by going, I'm going to have, you know, your your exercise program today is getting down and up onto your knees and then standing back up off this massage table that's going to be, you know, lowered to 18 inches from the ground. And then if you practice that more and more, then you just lower it an inch at a time. And if you and do that, that for 30 days, you are yeah. transitioning. And that can be a lot of work, just that. I mean, you may listen to it, it and is think a it's lot not, but it's a lot of work. It only doesn't sound like a lot of work to the people standing around imagining how much work something would take. <laughs> just like getting down to the floor. Like if we want to do a movement break right now, for everyone out there listening, get up and down. You can pause this. Get up and down to your knees and stand back up again to your knees and back up again or to your butt, sitting on your butt and back up again. Do that five to 10 times right now. And then you can actually experience, it's not theoretical anymore. You could be like, wow, yeah, I guess I really am. I'm hauling the weight of my body up and down from ground to hip height, right? Which is gonna be three or four feet, depending on your height. So 
it only seems like it's not like these, so much of what I do, people are like, you know what? I thought that would be really easy. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you think it's really easy because we have just made movement, these big, you know, if I told you to go run two miles, you'd be like, that's hard. I tell you to get up and down off the ground 10 times, like that's easy. And then you do it and you realize that after a minute of that, you feel very similar to going to run for two miles. It's just about perception and and frequency and whatnot. So that would be, if you're just listening to this right now and you're like, this doesn't pertain to me, that's your program is bring the ground up a little higher. Okay. So now though, second, second piece, let's say you have the strength and the capability to get down. But as you said, Danny, it hurts once you're down there, right? Right. Did it ever hurt you? Were you ever a... Uh, oh, yeah. I, yeah. Knees or hips? Was it the sitting well, or the process I, of getting down? It was my back until I learned to bolster, mm-hmm. you know, had yeah, more yeah. length. And then yeah. knees in different positions. Sure. So that's another big thing. Isn't it? Once you're down, you got to do something with all your limbs, usually your legs. So if the backs of your legs, like your hamstrings and the calves are very tight... For you to sit on your bottom with your feet straight out forces your your spine to round significantly. And it's one thing if you have to sit there, you know, to do the sit and reach test. Right. Or, you know, do two minutes of stretching. It's another thing to sit and watch, you know, a TV show there or or read books with your kids. Right. So that that position requires that you brace so hard to offset how much your hamstrings are like shoving your torso behind you, right? So it's not comfortable. So then what do people do? They cross their legs to remove that hamstring tension or the back of the leg tension. Or lean back. Or or lean back against something. Or you can elevate your hips, right? So maybe you can get all the way down and up again from the floor. But once you're down there, you need some way to sustain that those various positions longer. So a pillow or three stacked. If you don't use your sleeping bag that often, if it's in your attic or under a bed, but it's nice and tight in one of those bags, those make great movement bolsters. You don't have to go out and buy a separate 40 or $50 yoga bolster. Just go get a sleep, go get something that's unused that you already have and put it out and be like, you know, these are our floor cushions for right now. And then you can Prop your hip up, which allows you to adjust your pelvis a little bit, which changes the way your spine and your hips and your knees feel once you're down. And it feels so good to do that. And it's fun to watch people's faces when you just elevate their hips a little bit. And they're like, oh, I'm sitting on the floor. Uh, well, it's 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 not enjoyable. You're It's almost like, you know, if you've ever been in any exercise or position where the intensity of the sensation is so big that it's like roaring in your ears. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be in that space. That's not, you know, this is movement within the context of your life, which means you need right. to be able to get your life done while you're doing it. You can't read with your kids or, or or read yourself if you can't even hear your own thoughts. So make yourself comfortable once you're down there. So have blankets, towels, blo- yoga blocks, pillows, cushions from the couch, Get it all down there and create kind of a nook, not necessarily to recline back against, but to sit upon or support, slide something if you're sitting cross-legged, but you're like, it really hurts my knees when I sit cross-legged. Slide a pillow under either knee Mm -hmm. if both need supporting, then both. And then you will be almost more, you'll be more cradled. It's taking, what it's doing is it's taking the extreme amount of tension 
off your tissues so that you don't really bypass your current boundaries that you have. Well, and it turns down the roar, too. I mean, it's of the pain. It's nice. I'm all for bolstering. I think it's cool. Sure. Okay. You you bolster, you get comfortable. Also, I'm a big fan of switching positions. We kind of are in this, because we were taught to sit still in school, we're kind of of this mindset, I think, that we have to not fidget or we have to, to stay still. And it's okay to have many, I don't really stay in a position longer than a couple minutes when I'm on the floor. I'm always moving into a different position. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I really love floor sitting for. You know, all the things that we have that make us comfortable, chairs, shoes, beds, a lot of what makes them comfortable to wear is that they they remove they remove the discomforts and the signal to change position. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a lot of natural change position, change position, change position signals happening because, you know, you put a lot of pressure on one spot or whatever. But when you create sort of a, a dwelling where being in one position for a long period of time is comfortable for you, right? When the, the ground is hard, so you do the you know certain areas of your body when they interact with the ground the tissue in between gets squeezed or deformed in a particular way the pressure is higher in areas in some areas that are sitting but you have a pressure limitation almost right so like mm-hmm. when you're you know it's like when you get bed sores and stuff you can't you can't have unrelenting pressure because it pushes fluids out of particular areas right so those areas can die so then there's a change position signal. So your chain, your natural, your natural personal trainer, your natural, you know, zapper that would get you moving kicks in a lot more frequently when you remove the comfort, right? You remove that. So if you've been wanting to move more, make yourself less comfortable, let yourself be more cold, right? That's a warmth. I think of down jackets, all that stuff. Like those are ways to to keep you from maybe like bouncing up and down or running or getting moving because we don't really need to move. Like you can stand outside and watch a sure. football game, you know, and you're like, well, I'll just put on my my down jacket. But if you were outside in the cold, chances are you wouldn't go just to stand around to watch other people move outside in the cold. You yourself would be moving out in the cold. So it's just getting rid of furniture and engaging more with with the natural world and we'll just call the floor of the ground in your home one step closer to natural from your plush couch, I guess, right? You're still inside. It's just a really teeny tiny step. You're going to be uncomfortable, but Mm -hmm. that is a good thing. Reframe it. Wow. I don't even have to think about changing my position. My body is naturally prompting me to do so. So that's one thing that I love it. If I, if I had a camera on me and a couch, I bet you would see, Many, many minutes go by without any, you know, so much as a a twitch in my legs. But if you put me on the floor, I'm shifting constantly. You know, every few minutes I'm doing something different. So Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Do you, do you get annoyed now when you have to sit? Like in, in, you know, you know what I mean? In that chair, in that. It's not annoyed. It's not annoyed. I am physically uncomfortable. So I just liken it to when I put on a stiff, inflexible shoe 
I feel it. I didn't mm-hmm. feel it before, right? That was my norm. So my perception kind of normalized that. And then barefoot was the extreme. Well, now barefoot is the norm and kind of stiffness where I can't move around is the extreme. So it's the same thing. If you take a wild animal and put it in captivity, you feel the captivity. But if you are a captive animal put in the wild, you feel the wild more. So it's just really what's uncommon to you that probably feels the least comfortable. I don't feel comfortable sitting down. I actually like my butt falls asleep. Yeah. So I don't know if there's adaptations that make sustaining long periods of time unmoving on your butt. I'm not sure if there are, but I don't have them <laughs> because I my everything starts hurting. And even if I sit cross-legged, it's almost like the pressure isn't great enough for me because I'm varying my position when I'm sitting. You know, I just spent three days in a hospital with a family member. I wasn't in the hospital, thank goodness. And so, you know, my floor sitting options, I didn't feel comfortable just because there's a lot more going on at a hospital, you know, as right. far as what's in the air and all around. So, you know, the chairs are wiped down more frequently than the ground. But regardless, I could sit on the chair and it was soft and, you know, quote, comfortable chair. But I was just craving to get on the floor. It wasn't hard enough. Like I had gotten used to very stiff amounts of pressure. And I was craving that variable at the end of a few days, plus driving back and forth. Yeah, it was tough. I'm no longer suited for chair living. No. My next thing I was going to want to ask you about is when you're in a public place, it it kind of freaks people out to see someone sitting on the floor, at least in this country, in the United States. Sure, exactly. In the country. And like, I don't know, I do it anyway to a certain degree. Like I was waiting for my kid to get his haircut at one of those guy haircut places where they play the sports and stuff. And it was horrible, horrible chairs. And so I just, nobody was there. And so I just sat down on the floor, you know, and read my book. And when he came out, he was just like, oh, mama, don't sit on, you know, don't let people see you sitting on the floor. And I just thought, wow, it's really, you know, he's used to me doing it at home, but not out in public because you just don't do that. And I don't know. It's just something you... I squat a lot. (laughs) Something you kind of got to get past and just do because I I find myself being less and less willing to be uncomfortable just to make everybody else comfortable around me. Comfortable. And so interesting, the relationship between physical discomfort for the sake of whatever the status quo comfort is, Mm -hmm. you know, like there is definitely a relationship there for sure. Yeah. I mean, airports. You know, usually you're just passing through places briefly. So everyone gets to pick when they want to be, you know, like the weirdo or not. It's interesting. I'm seeing I'm seeing more and more people take to the floors in airports. I was just going to say that's the only place that I, I feel like not out of place sitting. On yeah. The floor. And I think it's because there's always been this group of, you know, young travelers who are like stretched out in sleeping bags on the ground, you know, like it's a, like there's already, it's just kind of like the airport's already full of weird people, right? Like we're all just, <laughs> we're all transient. We're going somewhere. You're not going to see it. But I've had people go, I saw your whole family squatting on the ground, you know, at an airport, you know, they'll, they'll say, you know, I could tell it was, you guys looked weird. Like you're all squatting around food. Like there's one thing to be squatting, charging your phone or whatever, but it's another thing to be having your, you know, family meal, kind of, you know, squatting around a corner in a in an airport. So you just you just pick outside. I have still noticed 
the weirdness in sitting down outside, even if you're at a park, you know, mm-hmm. with kids, it, you either stand with a group of adults or you sit on the table or chairs. Bench. Yeah. And it's often <laughs> weird when you're the only one. Like, I don't enjoy standing around conversing for an hour and a half. One is just because it's just stillness. It's uncomfortable. Like, I don't know. It's, it's not what I enjoy doing. So I usually, the, what makes it weird is you're going down, you know, three feet below everyone else, right? So you're just, you're dragging everyone's attention away. And so that feels weird. And so a, yeah. lot of times, a lot of times I'll just say, and everyone can just feel comfortable. If you use an excuse of discomfort, we are so used to discussing our poor health. That is a very common and accepted theme amongst everyone is discussing what's hurting you, what's ailing you. So if you want to beg off with like, it's like baseball cards. Exactly. Let's trade, (laughs) let's trade injuries. So, you know, if you're just like, oh, my back's really killing me. I'm going to do some stretch while we talking. Okay. You know, like just, just that alone will, will remove that discomfort of why are you doing it without stating it? Like, I think that's kind of weird. It's like, I don't want to have to explain while I'm squatting because everyone's free to do what I want to do. But if you're trying to negotiate that line of comfort and discomfort, a little statement of why you're going to do it or that you are doing it is enough to relax everyone's mind. Because I think the discomfort is like, why is she doing that? Mm-hmm. Should I be doing that? I'm not doing that. Why is she so much yeah. better than me? Why is she squatting? You know, like there's all this internal dialogue. So is she if you just poop? beg off, if you just beg off with like, oh, it was a long drive. I'm going to do this or you know, I, I gotta, I have to sit. I'm work. I've been working all day. I feel like I got to move my knees and hips while I have the chance, you know, which is totally different than Katie said that you should be moving as much as possible. And so I'm going to do that right now. Right. Like, can you see how one, one is just about you really saying the reason why you're doing it because it brings you joy or, or health or whatever, like you're just framing it. And then the other way is framing it where someone else is wrong if they're not doing it. Right. So if you can really pay attention to even like your intention with it, it'll diffuse, I think, all that is around that weird stuff. If you go to someone's house, yeah, you go to a dinner party and you just be like, oh, I've been sinning so much at my job. You know, I'm going to I'm going to what I do a lot is I don't squat because that's kind of like a weird kind of lurking position. If everyone's sitting in chairs, I will slide off the chair, put my elbows in the chair. You know, so I'm kind of still right. sitting in the chair with my elbows and like do a supported squat and just be like, man, my I'm just trying to stretch my back out. Right. Everyone knows me and my weirdness. But at the same time, I'm constantly in new situations. And if I had to drive there or do anything, I want to I want to be I have the freedom. It's movement sovereignty. Right. I have the freedom to move my body in the way that I want and I want to use it. And I don't feel like I need to oppress others with my using it, even if it's their own perception of feeling burdened by my choices. So those are maybe some outs for you if you want to add a little bit more in your in your non-home life. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't say anything, but that's, I, I figure maybe they'll be curious, you know, maybe they'll, they'll think about it enough. And, and the honest truth is people just aren't thinking about, yeah, they're probably like, oh, she's squatting. Okay. And then they're back to thinking about themselves. You could probably just slide down to the floor and not even worry about it because everybody's thinking about their own thing. And Try back. lying on your back in the middle of a dinner party and see what happens. <laughs> I bet you they'll be thinking about it. <laughs> Have you done that? No, never. Okay. I'll give you five bucks if you do it next time you're at a dinner party. I'll do it at your send dinner party. Pictures. <laughs> I'll do it at your dinner party. Well, you just brought up home 
And a lot of people, you know, they're just, they've, there's more than one person usually that lives in a house and one of those people doesn't want to give up their furniture. And a lot of times I've, you know, gotten emails from people that a lot of times are really uncomfortable because they're like, either we all do it or we don't do it. And I just, I'm like, you just, it doesn't work that way. You know, you get down on the floor, but you're not going to make so-and-so give up their couch because there's just going to be a whole mess of stuff that goes with that. I know that you and I have talked a lot about that on this show about partners and spouses that they're just not going to be on board and it's really not your responsibility to get them on board. All you it's can certainly do is not it's certainly not a floor. deterrent to you from getting to the floor. Right. Yeah. There's nothing that someone else's couch has to do with you getting on the floor. Mm-hmm. So if you I just... guess that's what I'm trying to say. Thank you for clarifying sure. my my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. You know what else you're thinking? <laughs> Man, I'd like to get Katie some tea right now. I would. Tea. And then I'd like to lie on my back at her dinner party. Go back to the part because you touched on it and I want to just maybe see a little bit more about that. When you talk about some of the other other benefits that aren't just about your health, like we're talking benefits that spread further out, like the the no need you know, you don't need to buy as much. You're not putting as many chemicals because right. by the time people hear this, they'll probably have a copy of Movement Matters in their hands if they've pre-ordered it. And so this, I think, ties in really well to that because at this point, we're not just talking about how it's better for my hips, but there's more to it. There's more benefits sure. to it. Well, I mean, it's it's, it's just that. I think that you know, it's an argument that maybe not be that benefit. Like if you already have a couch, you're like, well, I already bought my couch. So, you know, whatever. So there is the fact that it means more stuff, but then there's, there's other non-physical benefits in that it affords more space. Like it gives you, it gives you more space, which is another principle of movement matters, which is like that stacking your life thing. So it might not only be sometimes say you want to sit on the couch, but does your need for sitting on the couch trump your need for space to do other things within your own home? Or if you have a family, if you're like a lot of people will say, you know, we get a lot of questions and be like, well, my apartment's just so small. I can't do this or do that. Well, a lot of times we, we do a lot of VRBOs like rentals and Airbnbs oh, uh-huh. and stuff when we travel. And coming from, a, I don't think it's only that I'm coming from a furniture-free home. I spend a lot of time in furnitured homes, right? Because I have friends and family and no one else really has our setup here. But there are homes that are so packed with sitting devices, chairs, and that that there there's there's just, there's not, this space to really, you know, I could see why people might have to go to a gym to get more movement or to have to mm-hmm. go to a separate spacious facility because their own environment is so dense with stuff. And that's kind of where that episode of personal mission statement comes in. If, if you've been mulling on that a little bit, which was the last episode, right? Right. One episode before. Yeah, yeah. One episode months. before. If you're just like, I want this in my life and I want that in my life. It's like sometimes you have to make more space for it. And if you're wondering what can go, consider minimizing your furniture somehow. And if you're worried about 
you know, family members who have different abilities and you want to be able to offer them seats and whatnot, then look, take a good hard look at what you have and go, you know, is there a way to get rid of lots of stuff that's keeping me from doing the things on paper that I want to do while still retaining some elements of it to also do these other things that I want to do, which is involve these other people in my life in a real physical way. Meaning if you're keeping 42 seats in your house for the two family members or the six family members that when they do come over need a place to sit, then then there's then do the math a little bit. You'll find that there's room for stuff to go so that you yourself can get the thing that you yourself have said you wanted. Mm. You know, if there okay. are friends and fa- if your own family can't imagine getting rid of the furniture, it's not a category. It's not get rid of the furniture or keep the furniture, right? Minimal is to reduce. It's not barefoot or shoes, right? I break down all the yeah. different features of a shoe. Maybe it can be one piece or three pieces because maybe you're, teenagers aren't into floor sitting, but they're not sitting on all seven things in your living room at once. So maybe the, maybe the negotiation is, all right, everyone pick the one thing that they can't live without. You know, that's a negotiation. Great. I meet your needs. You meet my needs. We just got more successful as an entire family, right? So don't, yeah. everything isn't like this big giant category or yes or no. You get in and you figure out how to transition in a way that's acceptable. And that's where the work is. The work is black and white is easy. Right. Shades of gray require attention, awareness, engagement, and negotiation. And that's time consuming. It forces you really to pay attention to what you yourself want and to listen and what other people want and consider what everyone needs. And there's just a lot of engaging in your own life to be able to do that. And that's why it doesn't, I don't think always come easy because there's not practiced right. in, that, in that as much. So I like that we got there from from furniture. I didn't think yeah. we'd go from floor sitting to that, but I think, I think it's all related. I think that um, all of these issues are, are tied up to really fundamental questions we are all struggling with on a regular day. And sometimes those fundamental questions to be made better or more answerable by, I'm going to sit on the floor right now instead of the couch. Like that's a take action item where solve the crisis, you know, that is this particular issue is yeah. unsolvable. You get kind of, you ruminate on it and you can't get out. Well, you can just go sit on the floor and it's like you've solved an element of something. Yeah. There's so many wins to sitting yeah. on the floor. It's sure. cool. Well, I just, I think we should just end there. All right. What do you Goodbye. feel? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, guys. I think it's good. I that think that's good. enough food for thought and the floor. It's just right there under your feet, that best piece of, of exercise equipment that you've yet to truly embody. And that's exciting. Yeah. And I think it just it takes away some limits when you're able to get down and get back up and be comfortable yeah. on the floor. Then you don't have to look for that chair at that place or you know, even the big rock at that place that you can sit down, but you can just sit down wherever. It's kind of cool. It's a lot of freedom. Like it, it minimalize, but you maximize. What was it? You maximize, you maximize. Minimalism is really just maximalism. Yep. And it's pretty cool. So it just occurred to me, if you go to nutritiousmovement.com and on the top bar, click on learn to move. 
and then scroll down about, I don't know, halfway down. No, it's closer to the bottom, almost all the way down. There is a download our free macronutrient pack guide. So you can get that. It's a, it's a free document that I made transitioning to floor sitting or floor sitting one approach. And it will give you a list of exercises that will help mobilize certain joints to make that easier for you. And then there's also, I had a graphic created that's on our Think Outside the Chair poster of all the different ways other people around the world have who have been researched for how they rest their body without, they don't live in places like where we live that are full of furniture. They're just the the traditional postures of rest. And if you just cycled through them, there's these exercises that you can kind of measure what which ones are easy and which ones are difficult and how to use that graphic itself as a training tool. So go get that. If you're like, I'm going to do that, like that's what the rest of this year is going to be about, then go get that guide. It's free and uh, it's full of tremendous information. Let's do right, it. That's it. Now let's end. Now that now. we've ended and then ended once more, let's really end. You ready? All right. Thank you for listening. For more information, books, and online exercise classes, including the Macronutrient Pack, Macronutrient Guide Pack, you can find Katie Bowman at NutritiousMovement.com, and you can find more from me, Danny Hemmett, at MoveYourBodyBetter.com. See you later, alligator. Bye. Bye. you find the general information in this podcast informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and should not be used as such.